Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you bi-weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from virtual CFOs, CPAs, and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you the results you need both in business and building the life you deserve. Thank you for joining us for episode number 119 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, brought to you by PJS and Co-CPAs. I'm your host, Megan Spicer, and today I am joined by beloved Jamie Johnson, VCFO partner here at PJS and Co-CPAs. How are you doing? I'm good. So today we're talking about resilience and its importance as a business owner. So if you've ever struggled with that or you think that it's something that you could potentially work on, or maybe it's something that your team needs to work on. Maybe you want to help your management team or your leadership team in this area. We're going to be talking about some tools and some resources for you in today's episode. So I'm excited to tackle it. I really enjoy reading books and listening to podcasts. And this topic fascinates me just in general because of the psychology behind it and all of the resources that are available. As a business owner, we're responsible for a lot of things, as y'all know. Sometimes it can feel like you're carrying the weight of the world when you have a team that relies on you and you're responsible for making these decisions and guiding them in the right way. And so resilience obviously is a big factor. You have to be resilient and be able to bounce back. But part of that is setting yourself up in a way that you can adapt and innovate as needed. And that's one of the first things that we want to talk about in today's episode, because if you're set up in a way that doesn't allow for that adaptability, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure on the resilience side. Yeah, I think resilience is one of those things that a, I think is a really natural trait. And it's not about having it or not having it. I think it's to what degree we have it, right? And how we apply our resilience. Because there are situations in which that doesn't make me sweat and I can pivot and I can have the resilience and it doesn't stress me out, whether it energizes me or it doesn't, it doesn't overwhelm me. Right. But there's other instances where somebody else could just like fold and they're like, I I can't do it, but they probably have resilience in some areas that I do not have resilience in. Right. So I think that's kind of the beauty of this. And I know we're going to talk a little bit more down in the podcast about grit. Grit is like one of my most favorite words in like the English language, because I kind of think about it like I will die trying. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You will get my number one best effort. I will do anything that it takes. And when I say that, don't jump to the extreme of being literal, (laughs) that I will do anything. But If you're going to ask me to run through a brick wall, I'm going to give you my best effort to run through the brick wall. And I'm going to give my best chance, the opportunity to succeed. And I think that is a drive that you necessarily can't teach. So I think these are all really inherent traits based on our environments, based on our raising, based on who we are as makeup as a person. But I also think that even if you don't see that trait in somebody, I think there are different mindsets, different thought processes that can kind of help pull that out and make people see themselves differently than maybe they've been accustomed to doing. So I think that's the way you teach grit. 
a little bit more that you teach them their opportunity. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a good point too, as far as leveraging other people's strengths and where they have more resilience in other areas too. And that can be a factor in how you're building your adaptability as an organization in building your leadership team and building your team of management and building each department in your organization, you know, kind of keeping that as a factor in how you're making the decisions of who to lead and where to place them can allow you to adapt easier as changes from the outside world are happening. And maybe it's an overused example at this point, but it's something that everyone can relate to, I guess, is why why we keep coming back to it is during COVID. A lot of people were, were very resilient. A lot of business owners were very resilient. And how you have your team set up played into that and the way that you were able to adapt and innovate as needed in that situation. And everybody has their own industry challenges that arise too. And so I think that's a great point as far as just paying attention to that, noticing, and then building your team with that in mind. With us individually, with the grit is our accountability to integrity, not our accountability to ourselves, what's best for ourselves or anything, but the accountability to integrity. So it's not just achieving, you know, people talk about climbing the ladder and kicking people off and (laughs) there's an accountability, not to ourselves, but an accountability to integrity. And I think that's definitely a lead by example. I think that maybe we've seen people lead without integrity and then we look at them and we're able to identify and go, "Mm, that is not how I'm going to lead. Maybe we've had people that lead with accountability to integrity And we go, that's what I like. I like how they did this. And I think our adaptability to understand, like you said, like what complements around us to push everything forward. And also to know that we don't have all the answers, all the keys to every problem and every solution, but we know where to look and how to look for it. But it's able to take the successes and unsuccesses of others. I hope people take my not successful moments and my successful moments and build on them, right? Learn from them. That brings us to the next point that we wanted to talk about as far as ways that you can surround yourself with things that are going to make you successful, right? So the next thing that shows up consistently on on different books and podcasts and all of those about this topic is the connections and relationships that you're building with people. And I think that's one of the major things is like being able to look at what you admire about people and model after that, because that can make you more resilient and seeing how did that person handle that? How did that person navigate that difficult situation? What did I admire about that? What could they have done better? And I think having people like that, who have been through situations that are difficult and can kind of help you through that can also help impact your resilience in a positive way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's funny, because I think about various people that I know, that are really resilient individuals, business owners, students, adults, I mean, across the board. And it's funny because it's no one thing is like, well, their environment was same. Their foundation was similar. It comes from all walks of life. That's why I said some of it, I think it's just like a natural inherent trait. There's a lot of things that we learn and there's a lot of things we adapt to, right? But there's just those natural traits that we possess that creates our resilience. I know I've used this word in a prior podcast, but like just being a sponge, right? Being able to kind of look at situations and going, they knocked that one out of the park. Like there are times in our leadership call, you will say things and I'm like, 
I wouldn't have said it that well. That was like really finished off. And I think I just would have been more like raw with what I was saying. I was like, that's a really good way of saying that. So I think constantly adapting not only to situations, but to people Mm -hmm. and what they need and really truly hearing that we're not just a driver and tunnel visioned as business owners on what we want and what we think is successful, but being able to adapt to those around us and what's important and how to weave those into our path, right? And push forward. Because if you just do things your way, your team's eventually going to get tired because you're not going to hear them. You're not going to listen to them. You're not, they're not going to be motivated by you anymore, but if they know they're heard, And if they know that you're going to respect what they have to say and that we're going to push forward and that you're acting in the greater good of the company, not just you personally, I think that just sets a huge different precedent because when you have to have resilience and you have to be able to weather the storm or whether you have to pivot and make some decisions, people are going to be a lot more behind you that you're willing to listen to. Like, they need to be able to depend on you like three years before that. That is done long before it's actually needed. Yeah. I mean, well, that communication and listening is really important too, because as a business owner, you're not just worried about your own personal resilience, right? Like you have to be concerned about your team and listening when they're speaking up about things and listening to the things that they're not speaking up about, right? Like hearing the things that they're not saying sometimes, which can be very difficult because not everybody's comfortable all the time saying the things that need to be said. And so like paying attention to when somebody's maybe uncomfortable or when there's maybe an awkward silence, remote work makes that very difficult too, because some things that you would pick up on physically, you know, if you're sitting in a room with somebody, you can see that discomfort a lot easier than you can maybe on a Zoom call or just on the phone with somebody it takes away some of the other communication factors that we usually would be able to pick up on. So I think it takes a little more legwork to as a business owner, as a leader, as a manager in paying attention to those things and making sure that your team is taken care of and able to be resilient when they're sharing those things that you're listening. I think that's a great point. So some of the other things that can be helpful is paying attention to your perception of things. When you said that the way that I say things sometimes in leadership calls is polished. That was never something that I would, my perception of myself, I would never (laughs) explain myself as being polished as far as like when I'm talking about something. So kind of realistically looking at your perception of things. Like, am I being too negative about something? Am I being too positive about something? And this is where your relationships with people can be helpful in kind of bouncing that off of like, am I looking at this the right way? Or am I being too hard on myself? Or am I being too hard on my team? Or am I being too hard on my business? And that is a really big thing too. So kind of stepping back outside of yourself and realizing that your perception is just that. It's not always the reality of what's happening. It isn't. Adam and I have talked about this before. Adam's my husband. (laughs) But we've talked about this before, like, Your reputation, what you've set far before the position you're at, precedes you. So you have to let that kind of guide your course because long before you're ever in that position, you have prepared yourself and you have positioned yourself at that point for 
the structure, the foundation that's needed to be able to pivot, to be able to push on to whatever has to happen, whatever resilience characteristics have to be utilized at that point, right? Is your reputation, your perception has to, because even if something comes across negative, they go, that's not their MO though. That's not who they are. I don't think that they meant it like that. And it's so much easier to kind of play that through in your mind. Whereas if you've been negative this entire time and then you say something and it was totally taken out of context, it was not communicated adequately. And let's just say like, it was just totally misinterpreted and not the intention. So it's really important for that perception to be willing to be criticized and corrected. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important because if you're not willing to let others go, Hey, I care about you too much to let you be misinterpreted. Right. Because there are probably other times where you go, that doesn't sound the greatest. (laughs) Or when you're saying this, this is what I'm hearing. I'm like, that's not what I'm saying at all. And so I think that really being clear and being willing to be understood correctly and wanting that interpretation to be perceived correctly, I think is a desire that we should have as business owners, right? Mm-hmm. This is what I want to communicate. How do I communicate that? I can just say XXX, but then I'm going to burn this bridge, this bridge, and this bridge. So mm-hmm. how do I not burn those bridges and still handle this and get my message across, right? Like how does this get perceived? And it doesn't mean we have to be perfect with our words, because like I said, that reputation precedes you. You've already laid the foundation for what position you're putting yourself in. Mm -hmm. So I think that our ability to take in that perception and to either have the confirmation or be willing to be criticized, be willing to take it as constructive criticism, how we take things makes a huge difference in our success as business owners. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean we have to waver from what we believe in our passions or anything, but our ability to take that in and apply it how we need to is incredibly important. Yeah, agree. It feels like a maze that you have to wander through at times too. That's what makes business ownership in general, I guess, very difficult is there's no right answer, quote unquote, right? There's 10 right answers and 50 wrong answers (laughs) that, that could take you down different paths. So it's never easy. And that's why usually business owners are typically more resilient I think you have to be okay with being the primary decision maker, everybody else not knowing all of the facts either. Sometimes it's an incredibly hard place to stand is that maybe everybody doesn't know all of the facts of the situation, but you know that that is the best decision. And you do have to be okay with being misinterpreted sometimes and that we don't just cave and we don't feel unkind because we're the business owners. Like we got to make the hard calls. Like everybody else wants, you know, grace and understanding and flexibility and all of those things. Right. But at the end of the day, their butt's not on the line for the decisions we have to make and the responsibility we have to a much larger population than just one person, two people or, or whatever it is. And so it's being able to understand the magnitude and the value of our people individually, of our employees or contractors as a whole, and as our client base as a whole. So you kind of have to look at it from three different vantage points. So as a business owner, we're not saying like, 
you need to calculate everything and make everybody happy because that's just never going to happen. <laughs> right. And you do have to be okay with that piece of it. And you have to be able to be resilient to criticism and everything. Like I said, it's just taking it in and being able to navigate that correctly. Yeah. So now I, I want to shift the the conversation. I know we've kind of been talking about ways that you can set your business up for success, but I want to kind of shift to some of the resources that we personally really like. And I can start off with one of my favorite books that I've read recently that is directly related to this topic. It's called The Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter. And it's not a new book. I would say it's probably been out in the last three to five years. I want to say it came out, but it is all about how to build resilience personally. And I think it can be helpful and applicable to either yourself or your team because it's got so many good things and it relates to how we're comfortable all the time in the world that we live in. We have temperature controlled houses that we live in. We have our comfortable bed that we're always on. We come home and we're able to sit down and stream whatever we want, whatever show for however many hours we want. I mean, the moments that we have for discomfort are very slim very few and far between. And it makes resilience more rare in today's world versus 100 years ago, because discomfort was just something you had to deal with on a regular basis. So one of the biggest themes of the book is putting yourself in uncomfortable situations on purpose daily, putting yourself in difficult situations, psychologically and physically. And the easiest way to do that for a lot of people is just like a really difficult workout, a really difficult hike. It's something that you have to tell yourself like that it's not only physical, but you're in your mind, right? I went on a hike on Monday. We were just talking about this. I have let myself get out of shape. So it was only a three mile hike. (laughs) So don't judge me, but it was steep. But the whole time I found myself practicing telling myself like you can do this and just like appreciating what my legs were doing for me. And like, it was difficult, but in my head, I was able to work through it. And it's those little things that you're able to do every single day that you're able to build on top of and show yourself and prove to yourself, I can do this. And it's something that like we do with our own kids too. They're in jujitsu and it's like, you can do hard things. You were scared to go up against that kid, but look, you did it. And you actually came out on top. Like you did it. You can do the hard things. I just love this book. So if you haven't read it, you have to go check it out. It's just very interesting. The culture that we're in now and the opportunities that we give ourselves to accomplish difficult things, it's just gotten less and less and less because we're just always so comfortable. I think that's something to really take a look at and not something that I had really considered before I read the book. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I think it is mindset a lot. And I think, like you said, just putting yourself in uncomfortable positions. One thing that I've always struggled with is like just hard confrontational conversations. I hate when people aren't happy. (laughs) I hate when like I have to give an answer I know is not going to be welcomed (laughs) or appreciated or anything. But there are times where things have been hard and you have to have hard forthright yet not forthright conversations. And I think forcing yourself to do something you don't like to do. I will say that those conversations have gotten easier and easier and easier. Just in general of being able to communicate Mm -hmm. effectively 
because I appreciate transparency and straightforwardness way more than I do like somebody trying to build me up and not wanting to get to the point and not wanting to hurt my feelings. Adam and I had to drop off our car at the dealership yesterday and our, our service guy, we love Eddie, shout out to Eddie, <laughs> the service guy. I, I know that I'm going to get a straight answer. I'm not going to get a fluffy answer. I might not get the answer I like, and he's not going to coddle me. He'll call me dear. And he's very respectful with everything. But I told Adam, I said, you're not going to get both. Like you don't get the above and beyond person, but I'm going to get a straightforward and transparent person. And I would much more rather get a straightforward and transparent person communicating to me in critical situations than I much more would somebody trying to go above and beyond and they're trying to make me feel good. So I think that straightforward, that transparency and forcing ourselves into those situations in business that we're not used to and we don't like, and we, that makes us really uncomfortable, I think help us be better communicators and make us more aware as business owners as well, how to execute in those situations. And so that it minimizes the amount of stress and excess that typically is burdened from those situations. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned grit earlier, and that's another resource that we want to share with everybody because there's a really quick TED talk. It's like six minutes, but it's by Angela Lee Duckworth. And she also has a book about this topic. It's called Grit. Basically, the entire idea of it is that grit is the number one indicator of success. It's not intelligence. It's not, you know, income. It's not any other factor. And they did research about all of these different areas in life. I feel like grit is one of those things that like, if I fail, it's on me and how I apply that failure is not. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to use this example and please don't <laughs> hate me for this example, uh -oh. but it, <laughs> it is, you know, somebody starting out as a business owner and there's nothing in the world wrong with this total disclosure here. But your parents funded everything, right? Like you started your business, they made your investments, they gave you the loans, maybe they gave you money to start the business. If you fail, you know that they're going to help bail you out, right? And it doesn't mean that those business owners can't have grit. That's not what I'm saying for a second. But you knowing that you have a safety net, you're not going to take as many chances. You're, Or maybe you're going to take really absurd chances. <laughs> so there's just this constant like safety net where I think that there's also a different grit in which that it's your skin. Like it's your skin in the game. And I think that is a really big attribute of grit and, and, and our driver and our ability to pull in kind of what we've seen. And I know Angela in her Ted talk, she was talking about how she went and she went and taught seventh grade math at a New York city public school system, you know, who was succeeding and who wasn't succeeding and the kids that were performing well versus the kids that weren't performing well. And she said at the end of the day, that's kind of what started that whole research into who succeeds and why do they succeed and can we predict it and everything. And I think that there are those things inside of us in which that we can pull out. We can change people's perception. If you have people, maybe you start questioning them in different ways. Maybe you start motivating them in different ways. When you know your people, when you know what motivates them, you know what communicates, you can pose things to them differently and they will have a different viewpoint of what they actually think. I had a boss like way back when and she asked me this one question one time and I was just like, I was dumbfounded because I couldn't 
think how to answer her. I couldn't actually think of what the answer was. And I was like, I'm not, listen, I'm not the smartest individual, but I'm not the dumbest individual either. But I was like, why can't I answer this question? She was a good friend of mine. She was a fantastic boss. And she said, Jamie, who are your customers? And I'm like, I couldn't answer it. I could not answer who my customers were. She asked me that and I felt so stupid that I couldn't answer who my customers were. She said, so Marion, internal auditing is your customer because X, because you have to give her this report and that's really important. And your customer is Bill and Bill's the controller of the organization. She changed my perception as to who I was servicing and why I was servicing them and why what I did mattered. And I changed my appreciation for the business, for what my end product was. Just a simple question like that. But ever since then, I think, how do I service them better? What am I hearing from them? What do they need from me? How can I add more value that they don't even know that I have for them? So I think pulling out that grit, I think there are those moments as managers, as business owners, that we can look at our people and this is how we pull grit. We make them think about things differently. We make them see things differently because it changes your motivation internally of what our output is. Yeah, I think that's a a great way to end it. Just to always be looking out for your team and ways that you can be helping with resilience, not only with yourself, but with the people that you're there to support and lead. And those are things that they're hallmarks of a true leader, right? Is always looking out for people and making sure that you're bringing them up with you, not leaving anybody behind and making sure that the people who want to help themselves are getting the help that they need. So I encourage everybody who's listening today to go to the show notes for today's episode and get the links for all of those resources that we talked about, because I think they're truly very valuable tools to help within your organization. Before we wrap up here, Jamie, is there anything you want to leave our listeners with? I think it's really important how we use failure too. And how we perceive failure and what that looks like for us. Failure is such a strong word. So it's kind of more of a self-critique than it is somebody else thinking that we're failing. I think it's us probably failing ourselves more so than anything else. Mm -hmm. But taking that and learning from that and being able to apply that. And I think that only builds that resilience. You have people that fail and they'll make 800 excuses. They lose the validity of who they are and they lose the validity of the purpose and the passion that they serve versus being able to move forward. You know, a big buzzword right now is vulnerable, right? You need to be vulnerable. And I like that word. And yet I don't like that word because I think that there are some things that are meant to be, you know, internal, like not everything we have is meant to be external for the world and everything. But I do think somebody being able to say, I've been there. Listen, I tried this and it didn't work. But here's where my mindset was in that. And I see differently in you or being able to take your failure to make others better, but also that it doesn't mean we give up. You know, it means that we push on and that we learn and that we pivot and that we continue to invest in ourselves, but also in those around us. And so I think it's really, really important to take those pieces of self-critiquing failure pieces and make it better for us, make it better for those around you and push forward because it's going to happen again and again and again and again. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. I 
could have a million conversations about this topic. I just love, love grit and resilience so much that I think we should do a whole section about this because I just love it. So thank you so much for joining us. Stay resilient, keep that momentum going, and we will see you next time. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.